0: previously on box cutters. Kaku is a, a show from the BBC. Kaku. Uh, well, I've always said Kaku. Really?
1: Yeah. Oh, this is like a bagel thing from, from communications.
0: Uh I've said cuckoo uh, clocks run? I've always said Kaku until because that's how I read it. Yeah. And then I hear myself say it and I go, Clearly that's not right. But if you say it with enough conviction,
1: yeah, yeah,
2: they do actually make a cuckoo sound. Cuckoo,
0: cuckoo, cuckoo. Three <laughs> o'clock.
1: <laughs> Why do you start again? Because it's gone a bit weird.
0: Hello and welcome to Box Cutters, episode three hundred and twenty-four. I. Have a big green button. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listener. To my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Coming up later on in this episode of Box Cutters, we're going to review Cuckoo. We are going to uh, also talk about, uh, just for a little bit, the the US election coverage, because there's been a, a little bit to talk about with that. We've got some letters to box cutters. We've got some uh, pork. We've got one thing. Uh, it's, can, I, can I say, I was going to say this for, for pork, mm-hmm. but I just, I just can't wait. Yeah. Season two of American Horror Story... Is just blowing me away. Mm-hmm. I'm so impressed with it. They're they're really shoving every single bit of horror they can into into one show, and and I'm really really enjoying it. I watched two episodes yesterday because I was behind, and now I wish I was even more behind so I could just
1: watch them all in one big bite. I'll you know, use up all the horror though, and then season three will just be like a, a kitten with a funny eye.
0: <laughs> I don't care about that. that. Was pretty much what season one was. <laughs> yeah,
1: was the uh,
0: the, uh, the 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 funny eye thing reminds me as well. There's. Uh, I, America really knows how to do emergency television. Uh, I saw on the soup; uh, they had an, a guy. They they didn't have emergency television like we have here, where you've got a camera crew in an emergency ward and oh, like uh, and people people no, are coming
2: no, in. Quick stat: He needs more TV.
0: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, but now now you just described my ideal hospital. <laughs> They, they, in this in this show that that I saw on the suit, they do reenactments of what happens in an emergency room. So rather than just having actual, they just have really bad actors or the people themselves
2: reenacting. These are the, These are the untold stories of the ER.
1: Trauma, O'Neill speaking. Uh huh. Right through the head. How far out are you? Got it. We've got a level one activation.
3: Trauma team to the trauma bay. Level one incoming. ETA, seven minutes. I've seen a lot of head trauma come through the uh, trauma center in the last 10 years, but frankly, when this came through, uh, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do with this. I'd certainly never seen anything like this before. All right, what's going on? 28-year-old male, heart rate 102, VP 100 over 60, drove into a chain-length fence. About how long ago? For 40 minutes. What's his name? Andy. Andy? It's one thing to see somebody with an injury like this with this pipe sticking through his mouth and really out the back of his neck. Are you with me? Give me a thumbs up. How you doing? All right, all What right. was really amazing in Andrew's case is that he was awake and alert, sitting up. All right, Julie, I want you to get the OR. Tell him open up. We're coming back for an awake trach get angio on the phone too we're gonna come out the angio as soon as we're done with that and then get me vascular ent and omfs on the phone all right but he had his phone that's what we should be
0: doing i think this is why we're losing the war on television that's the kind of compelling content that australia really needs to pick up and uh and move forward with all of that is coming up later on in the show as always though we're going to kick things off with the box cutters news In case you have never ever turned on a radio in the last week, this this might be news to you. The head of BBC resigned after being only uh, fifty four days in the job. Uh, he, uh, George Entwistle? George, uh, jo- yes, yes, George, George Enwistle, direct, director general. Uh, he uh, he he resigned after uh, BBC's Newsnight program. It, it was revealed had uh, had. Incorrectly accused a former Tory or Conservative Party member of uh, uh, of uh, kitty fiddling, kitty fiddling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of, of sexual impropriety with minors, and uh, and then uh, it turns out wrong guy
1: altogether. Yeah. So Lord MacAlpine, who they accused, who's now uh, basically suing the BBC. We believe uh, was named by Newsnight, and it turns out that. They hadn't really done, in this case, even the most basic research to check this was right. The the victim of the, uh, of the abuse couldn't actually identify him um, in that it was actually someone else, it turns out. This seems to be the gist, that it's actually the wrong... So it's, it's, it's the wrong guy. He, so this is the, the...
0: Newsnight did not say who it was. But several days later on the internet let's call it the web, I'm sure it was the web, uh, it, it came out that people referring to the Newsnight program and this particular case, uh, that the guy was accusing this particular former politician. Uh, and then, several days after that, when
1: shown a photo of that politician, said, oh no, that's not the guy at all completely different. Was he not named in Newsnight then? Cuz I got confused by this when um yeah, it's it's I thought that they they had named him, but it's actually entwistle you're saying named him.
0: No. entwistle resigned because Newsnight didn't do due diligence on the story. It was it was shoddy journalism. yes The uh the facts contained in the Newsnight story led we were Leading enough that people believed it was this guy. Right. Without actually naming yes, him. Yes, and
1: other politicians and writers were naming him on Twitter. This is taken take from The Guardian. Sir Christopher Bland, a former chairman of the BBC Board of Governors, said it's arguable that it's a necessary sacrifice for Ant Whistle to stand out, but it's tragic for George and tragic for the organisation. Uh, he added that the BBC now needed to establish calmly and accurately what went wrong to safeguard against future blunders. He said it was extraordinary that, quote, bog-standard checks had not been made by Newsnight. Uh, they had not contacted McAlpine about the allegations. They hadn't shown a photograph of McAlpine to Mesham, who was the victim. Uh, and basically, where were the lawyers? Where was the chain of command? But others in the BBC are saying the problem is um, everyone at Newsnight is currently a part of an investigation into Jimmy Savile, in that case, so apparently there are no people at the top at Newsnight at the moment. They're actually all been stood down, awaiting internal inquiries. Right. So the news program is basically going along with no one really driving so, that train. So you've really got
0: almost skeleton staff. Uh, you've got people who probably don't have the experience that they need to, yeah, to make yeah. these decisions. Uh, that is a it's, it's it's a bad situation to be in, and. I kind of think fair enough for for the Director-General to to resign over that because under his command there has been a a management situation where – such an issue could occur. Well, that,
1: that's what he himself said. Antwerp said it was the honourable thing to do. And his quote was, in light of the fact that the Director-General is also the Editor-in-Chief and ultimately responsible for all content, and in the light of the unacceptable journalistic standards of the Newsnight film broadcast on the 2nd of November, I've decided the honourable thing is to step down from the post to Director-General. But yeah, 54 days in the post. Which kind of says to me he didn't enjoy it in the first place. Well, they also say that he, he basically this came out from an interview. <laughs> so we mentioned the other day, um, Panorama... BBC show investigating newsnight BBC show which was investigating Jimmy Savile which was a BBC personality which I heard the whole thing on the on the the news quiz a BBC uh, radio comedy show but in this This case, is a, again why we're losing the war on television we don't have enough levels going on uh, but they were saying it was actually the today show I think I think I believe it was the radio four news program uh, John Humphreys basically started this whole investigation by having Antwistle on and saying, what the hell is wrong with you? What are you doing? Why do you not know anything that's happening in your own organisation? So- which
0: is a, a really upsetting interview to, to listen to as well, if 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 you've heard it. It's very confronting. And it is a guy basically realising that maybe he isn't up to, to scratch for the job that he's doing.
1: But also so impressive that Humphreys is talking to his boss and is willing to talk to his boss in that. Manner. I think that's quite fascinating that, that the BBC allows that degree of internal investigation to be so rigorous and public i mean that 's actually quite, quite a good thing on that on that hand well i saw I saw Ray Martin interview Kerry Packer a couple of times
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i 'm sure it was exactly this I, I was probably a bit young, but I felt it felt like exactly the same amount of uh, forthrightness it's it's a really Interesting situation. What's happening with the BBC at the moment? Because some great, some really great television is coming out of the BBC right now. Uh, Some of it we might talk about later on in the in the series. Maybe some of it we'll talk about later on in this episode. So so as far as a television organisation goes, they're doing a great job with everything
1: except for uh,
0: except for their journalism.
1: Except that's the thing they are probably the most famous for, right? Which is awkward. Yes because the BBC is renowned for its news and current affairs and it's just alarming that it's all sort of gone so wrong so quickly. So
0: who's the new head of uh,
1: BBC? There was
0: well, for, a, for one day there was a, a the deputy head had stepped in and was acting head.
1: There's a current head and it's actually Tim Davie who is current director of audio and music who is scheduled to take over as head of BBC worldwide. Used to be lead of Ice hunt. House. That's the one. Um, he's been named as acting director general while the hunt for a new boss takes place. I believe they'll be doing that as a uh, reality show called the BBC's Next Top Director General. And there's a, finally a quote here from Jonathan Dimbleby, who is a really well-known broadcaster from the BBC. He says he fears the public now perceive the BBC as, quote, a rudderless ship heading towards the rocks and adds that he hopes somebody would, quote, seize the helm quickly.
0: Speaking of rudderless ships, and needing to seize things quickly, uh, I, I understand that uh, that as uh, fairly uh, recent news as at time of recording, the Channel Ten breakfast show uh, that eight people were watching has been uh, has, has been axed. Brett Ten has
2: announced today, being Monday, that uh, their morning offerings, breakfast and morning news, are uh, to cease production. Uh, the decision will also see the controversial host or the. Uh, I think that's maybe understating it. Paul Henry, as well as uh, the co-host Catherine Robinson, leaving it, the network and, uh, hopefully in Paul Henry's case, leaving the country never to come back again with his
0: hatred. Last week, uh, Melbourne uh, newsreader, insert name here, uh, was, was fired. Yep. I don't um, know the names of Channel News. I believe you dropped to SBS. I, oh, Brett.
1: Are you just that's racist that's, again, just, that's, that's He's just taking
0: racist. Channel 9's I, former yeah. racism <laughs> and taking it onto himself <laughs> so that now he can embody Channel 9's full racism. I think that's, that's what he's trying to do. Um, uh, um, Helen, Helen Kapilos? That sounds, that sounds right. I've, I've never watched this, this new... The new service is on from five till six. Who is home at that time to watch it? Kids from school.
1: Doesn't that's, it rate quite well, though? I believe it's actually doing quite well. For that's people. quite possible.
0: Uh, I don't know. Also, I, Kids uh, know how to rig those boxes, though, to, <laughs> to with the chickens inside them.
2: Yeah.
1: So, also,
0: so, uh,
2: Channel 10, uh, while the election, while the US election result was coming out, uh, were sticking with Huey and his cooking show and uh, went to their regular bulletin for a for a complete roundup at uh, five o'clock, well, that an hour it. after everybody else had done
0: it. Huey has cooking adventures. Saw, it's not just a show. I, I saw him down the street. It's not just a show. Day. It's an adventure. It is Brett. an adventure. It so, was an adventure walking so they 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 sacked they sacked this newsreader seemingly with with uh, little reason except she was uh, she was heading off to to new york the next day and uh, and thought that was a, a good time to say they told I, her after she'd signed off from her last uh, i've been sacked i've been sacked from a job the day before leaving for new york and i have to say it makes the whole plane flight quite unpleasant <coughs> so so they they sack her and there was commentary saying i can't believe you keep paul henry But you get rid of her. And Channel 10 clearly had just gone, well, we can trump that one. (laughs) By getting rid of Paul Henry and the show, which no one was watching. The the idea of Paul Henry being a part of Australian television is ridiculous. Because why do we need to import assholes from overseas? We clearly have enough of our own.
1: Yeah, but Andrew Bolt's already doing a show.
0: Yeah, what, there are plenty. This, there are plenty. I, the
1: IP, the
2: IPA has
0: many research fellows. The thing about canceling the breakfast show and the news in the morning, which nobody was watching, are they replacing it with cartoons again?
1: Probably. But they do say uh, they will they, they will be experimenting with news again. They haven't They haven't sworn off news in the morning forever. News? Maybe cartoon news. They said that, that, that they will. I think they said later in the year, which is ridiculous, because clearly it's not later in the year. It'll be early next year if they do it. But they, they will apparently be going back to that well. It, and poisoning it, it again. It,
2: uh, <laughs> it did go go as low as 22,000 viewers. Um,
1: oh. Or, or, or uh, equivalent to two people with those tan boxes, I believe. Um, of course. Well. I, the I, actually, I actually think the Oz10 box is 30,000 as a basic. This is, this, is, this is my, partly from experience and partly from watching other people's shows, I think 30,000 is pretty much the basic. Per box? Um, it's like, like, I don't think you can go under 30,000, really. I think that's one person. So, yeah, I reckon yeah. that's one person with a box. As, um, when you
0: have a TV show that box cutters rates better than,
1: I think, <laughs> I think you're, you're in a, a bit of trouble.
0: Unfortunately, today has come
2: too late uh, for The Circle, which was uh, thought to have been... Uh, casualty of the costs on uh, the breakfast show.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think they wanted to get rid of the the uh, circle for for other reasons. Oh, uh, yeah. I just, I just don't buy that. I, I don't buy getting rid of a show that people like, like and is fairly and, popular and, yeah. and watch for a show that people don't like and don't watch it just, there's, there's nothing about any of that that makes any sense so, so you think it's got more to do with
2: Channel uh, Ten's programmers drive to, to drive away viewers
0: yeah they really I think they I think they're going with uh, the new NBC approach well, that they, I understand from 30 Rock
1: <laughs> where they're just trying to, to tank it. Them, just tank it but they were they did seem to experimenting with the whole moving to the right you know to try and create a sort of Fox News esque approach to their news but it is weird that if they are dumping the Paul Henry which was a large plank, you know that, and the and the Bolt Report were the two big pushes. So they've got rid of one of them because I always assumed that was part of the whole getting rid of the circle, was they just weren't evil enough. Despite Yumi Stein's best efforts, <laughs> yes, uh, we were going to do a third story. Um, there was this because, thing because happened because in America. This- this, there was this thing happened the other day. The um, it was some was kind of... Me, so you think you horse, can dance? Horse race. Yeah. Uh, so you think you prinkers. can run a country for four years, I think it was called. Right. Yeah. Right. And who... Uh, so mm. Guy Sebastian won that. Yeah, Guy Sebastian won. Yeah. Um, but, but we thought rather than doing it in years, why don't want to do it in a couple of segments time? We'll Is that racist more. that I said Guy Sebastian? Yeah, and he has kind of curly absolutely. hair in it. Really? Yeah. You're a monster. I just, I just, You're a monster.
0: Mm. And that
1: is the box cutters News.
2: Dad, I got married.
1: Would you like to know the longest journey I've ever taken? The journey into my mind.
2: This girl's the kind of girl who says yes to everything. You have brought a man I have never met before into my house. He's never going to leave. Get out!
0: I love that part. Mm. Cuckoo, a brand new comedy on BBC Three. It was a show from the BBC, BBC Three to be exact, uh, in which uh, a young a young girl on her, uh, well not not a young girl a young woman on her uh, gap year is what uh, the British and Hamish and Andy call it. Uh, uh, Finished she, high school. She finishes high school. She goes uh, to, to Bali, uh, Thailand, whatever. <laughs> She goes to a place where people wear sarongs and thongs and other clothes that rhyme. We know
1: it's filmed in Wales or something, but yeah, yeah, she
0: goes to Thailand. She goes to to Thailand uh, on the beach, meets a a man, comes back to London and uh, is married to that man who she met on the beach in Thailand. He moves in with her and her family. And he is, let's just say, an ignorant hippie. Uh, and uh, and the rest pretty much writes itself. It is, uh, it, it is a uh, an odd couple style show in which uh, in which this
1: man whose name is actually Cuckoo... and he's American and he's Andy Samberg. We should probably mention as well. Yeah,
0: I was go- I was going to get. That. Oh, sorry, come. I was going yeah. to get. Uh, his name is actually Cuckoo, uh is uh, is pretty much constantly at loggerheads with uh, Ken, the father, who. Uh, uh, who, who is who's grown up and had, had you know a lot of fun in his in his younger days, but is now in his forties, has a child who is who should be uh, studying, wants things to be right. Like he has this suburban lifestyle that he probably wishes was different, but at the same time, just wants to get on with his life and doesn't need this barrier that uh, that that he finds in his new son-in-law so it's it is an acceptance it it is a comedy of acceptance a comedy of manners uh a comedy of uh just unexpected interpersonal relationships cuckoo is played by andy sandberg uh who uh people might remember from being in that justin timberlake video uh bringing sexy back to a dick in the box
1: oh i i remember more from being part of uh the Something Island, what are they? Lonely, 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 island. Lonely, Lonely Island, Lonely Island, SNL yes, right. oh. shorts, yeah yeah, 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 the SNL shorts, I, uh, the Lonely Island stuff, yeah. On I'm on a boat. Anywhere. So he, he did in, he did Dick in, in a Box, yeah, yeah, he did, but yeah, I think uh, really kind of on the I'm the on a boat or yeah. Mother
0: Lover, yeah, uh, very very funny, very funny man. Has done some great videos for uh, for Saturday Night Live and, and a couple and, of features that haven't
1: quite worked. Yeah, but I think I haven't quite found what to do with him. Yeah. in the US.
0: And then comes this UK show that seems to know exactly what to do with him.
1: Yeah. Actually, this is funny because the more you talk about this, cause I, I remember once uh, I said to you that I, I wondered whether it was possible to actually review comedy because it always comes, comes down to I either liked this or I didn't like this because comedy is such a, an instinctive thing. That you either laugh or you don't. And it seems very hard if people don't laugh to then go, but the show's quite good. you know, order. And this is actually the weird thing because I didn't particularly like the show. I didn't particularly find it, but I think it's really good. Like I think it is a really good show. And I do think that Sandberg is used perfectly and it's funny to see someone use him perfectly because I think in America they often put him in this role of being the dweeby guy or the weird, weird looking guy. He's actually really ha- a handsome gent. Like he's a very attractive man, but they don't tend to like to use him in that kind of romantic lead in America, probably because he's too Jewish. Yeah. Um, yet in England they can go, well, he's actually kind of hot. So let's just play with that. Um, and that kind of works. I love the guy playing the dad. I think he's really good, and I think the the whole setup of that character is really interesting. And so really well he done. was he, he was the uh, headmaster in In Between
0: Inbetweeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a, a stand up comedian. Rick uh,
1: Davies is his name.
0: He's, yeah, he, um, he, he's
2: six foot eight. He reminds me of Rick Mail. Yes, yes. He um, is, and, he, and he's far, far too tall. And that really, six foot eight that really bugged amazing. me in the first episode. Oh, I find that fascinating because it it's really
1: it's, interesting. I, think I really like seeing how they have to set these shots up with all these tiny people around. Because he's,
0: he's, like, he's like a tall Rick male and, and Rick male is like six foot three. Mm-hmm. Also, we had
2: uh, Helen Baxendale who was Emily in Friends, yep. the one that married and Ross when Ross said
0: Rachel. Yeah, yeah. And Rachel in Cold Feet. Yes. Uh, and
1: uh, and that, that
2: she was she was such a wet character in that that she she still does annoy me a little bit. In what, this. what
1: I quite like too is that thing where, where and I mean I've got problems with it and I can't quite work out exactly where the show quite knows what's doing. But it's interesting that Cuckoo is presented as being this sort of hippie, Oh, we're all one with the universe, man. Kind of but new with age kind of yeah. But he's sort of. And the interesting thing I like about that though is that the dad who he's, he's played against. The dad still uh, did used to take drugs off his face on E, you know, back of the the, the old oh, late, late 80s, early fair, 90s. Like, 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 you know, the, the, the very first scene we see, the, the, the couple singing along to push it by salt and pepper in a car. And that's quite clever to try and go, they're not fuddy-duddies from the past. They have had all that experience. It's just that was 20 years ago and they're kind of over it. And then having their daughter and, and, and her new husband kind of show up at their house to do that craziness again is like, oh, we've done this. We don't want to have to do this. And I thought that was actually a really interesting approach.
0: It's it's one of the uh, one of the reasons that I I really like it uh, is is that it has it has that approach of people who are basically around about the age that the three of us are uh, maybe a, a little bit a touch older than you and me, John, but a few years younger than Brett and uh, <laughs> quite a few, quite a few. <laughs> I was being kind. What? <laughs> uh, Actually having children, having grown-up children, having children who are in late high school or having just graduated high school, uh, whereas a lot of American shows have people around about our age just having babies for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, shows like Up All Night and, and things like that. Uh, so we don't see a lot of the uh, uh, the people who had kids in their 20s as uh, as grown-ups with grown children now people who had the same experiences that we had when we were in our 20s. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which I find just a, a fascinating dynamic. One of the other reasons is there's no one as selfish as a hippie. And this show Sorry, I, identifies that so correctly yeah. that uh, despite all of Cuckoo's good intentions and this feeling of being part of the universe has absolutely no idea that he is causing huge havoc to this
1: man's life yeah i I think this is this interesting point to bring up some of the things that sort of sort of annoy me about the show because i think i'm going look i'm I'm not enjoying it, but I, really, I will laugh occasionally. I wouldn't watch any more episodes because it's just not grabbing me, but there's so much in it that I think is working and is really interesting and I can see how other people would really like it. But I get slightly frustrated that I don't know if the show quite knows how cartoony it's meant to be. So sometimes mm-hmm. it seems to have a, a problem quite knowing how big the reality of this stuff is meant to be. And with things like Cuckoo, and this actually ties into, I think there's a weird sort of mild sexism built into it in that We've been told the daughter was studied really hard. She's going to go to this college in Bristol or whatever. And, and now she's kind of thrown it away on this guy. And she was meant to have been ugly, apparently, because she wore glasses in the very first shot. And it's kind of mentioned by someone else in the second episode. Oh, you were the ugly one. And so uh, the idea is meant to be, I think, that Cuckoo's attentions. have, to, But because Cuckoo clearly is a bit of a vacuous shell, the fact that both the daughter and the wife are kind of drawn to him. Is he a vacuous shell? Yeah, yeah, he he's, is. He's actually He's, back to he's a shell. reading a lot of kind of new age. No, he's just stupid. Because I mean, there's a great bit where Helen Baxendale's character goes, um, goes, No, I, I told him today, I I think I'm really warming to him. Do you know he's against famine and war? And it's like <laughs> everyone's against famine. I mean that's the joke. The joke is that he has no actual insights into anything. I, I thought
2: that was more a joke on her.
1: But that's what I mean. It's it's kind of both makes her look stupid and points up the vapidity of him. Like the only the only person we're really getting much solidness to is the dad. Wait, and I, that's partly to show that he's got these conflicting... Like, you know, like he's had this past, and he's this left-wing, he he's, wants to be part of the Liberal Democrats, but clearly is also wanting to be the man of the House and all this sort of stuff. But it just... Yeah, I just feel like the show's not quite sure what it's doing with I, any of that. I think
2: Cookie's got a lot of emotional intelligence about him that's bang on, and, and so that Ooh, his honesty with that... Uh, he doesn't ever recognise what other people are into, feeling, though. He's, oh,
0: Brett, you're, no, 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 you're but, telling us but, so much more like, about yourself now <laughs> than... <laughs> I, I, I
2: don't think it. I don't think the show is written as hippies or idiots. I, th-
1: I think he is meant to be an idiot, though. I think really, that is, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I he's meant to be an idiot. I don't think he's meant to be an idiot. I think he's meant to be naive. I, I think it's important and, that he's American. I, I think that's that's actually built into that character as well. I don't think they would have made that show with an English actor playing that role as an Englishman. I think it needs to be American for them to have that slight Californian kind of. Strange approach to life.
0: I, I think there's a big difference between being an idiot and being being naive, and a, a lot of it is is kind of a, a naivety. But as as the show goes on, you start to get glimpses into what Cuckoo's life was like before he renamed himself Cuckoo, and he was like with the clip. He he was, uh, and, and and I, I don't. It's hard to to do this without without spoiling. Because yeah,
1: I've, I've watched the first three and I don't of really uh, this. So that's.
0: He, he talks about his name was not always. Yeah, his, yeah. his name was not always Cuckoo. Uh, but then there are there are little clues to what his life was like back in the US, and it was uh, quite conservative. A lot was expected of him. It's almost like he's had a nervous breakdown. Like mm. it, it's it kind of leads towards this. Idea of uh, what happens when a young person, with all of the pressures that we put on them, has a nervous breakdown, and then just wants to live life as a, as a naive person, uh, or uh, or wants to, you know, in in some ways he is uh, almost Taoist in in his philosophy of just leave everything and everything will come together as as it should be. Uh, the this this idea that at the same time he just completely does not fit into the world that he has walked into is I mean that's that's obviously that's that's where the comedy
1: comes yeah, from. Yeah, even, even the title is is hinting at that whole idea, and, and even to, to the degree that the 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 show is set in Litchfield, which is really interesting. They've placed it in a place quite near Birmingham, so it's not even in an urban centre. It's in a kind of almost like a very quiet backwater of England itself and curiously I think the the parents both doing the Birmingham accent and the kids aren't which is a bit weird that is in itself I think a really interesting juxtaposition they've tried to put him in in the least likely place yeah and
0: and that I think that I think that really works I'm really charmed by by the show if if you can tell one of the characters that we haven't spoken about is uh, is the the son who is who is younger he's uh, probably about 15 15, 15, that's creepy uh (laughs) See, I don't think he's I, I think he's really accurate. I think that is a really accurate drawing of an awkward fifteen year old. I, I
1: agree with both of you. I think he's a really accurate teenager and creepy and mm-hmm. I have no interest in him whatsoever. It has a thing English shows do tend to be quite bleak, I think, and mm-hmm. and there's a, a darkness to even the lightest of them. And this in particular has a thing where I don't really like any of you. And that's why maybe I kinda of wondered if I was more on Cuckoo's side, or if I was more on the dad's side, or if I had slightly more of a of a stake in who I cared about. But I believe them. Like yeah, I agree. I think the, the kid in particular is a really believable teenage boy, but he's just horrible because he's a teenage boy. Yeah. and Cuckoo is horrible because he is a selfish hippie. Mm-hmm. And uh and
0: the the uh the, the daughter is horrible because she is uh, she, she's believing in a, a world that can be the way she still thinks it should be rather than uh, the the reality that her father has come to uh, come to believe in and that makes her horrible
1: hmm. I, I actually do have that because <laughs> I, I know people like Cuckoo and I've met people with that relationship that she has with Cuckoo although I haven't met the people This is, I have a slight problem with if she was either a more stupid character that she was like, yeah, you know, going go to go to hairdresser college because that's all she could get into, I would believe that relationship. If she was a really, really posh girl who'd come out of like a private girls' school and was doing this as a weird kind of revenge on her parents, I, I'm off of the sexy hippie I met in Thailand, I would believe it. For me, she's too somewhere in the middle of as those
0: a, as two. A, as a plain girl who discovers her sexuality while on her gap year. Yeah,
1: I'm not, because not, she's, she's meant to be an intelligent plain girl. And that's the problem is that we've, after we kind of knew that. The, She seems to be because she says she's basically going to look after him. She talks about she's going to, you know, get all the money to give to this guy. He's going to work in his book for the next few years, which involves not having a job. And it's that kind of horrible dependent relationship that she's willing to be part of. But I've never seen, but not with that exact type of. Maybe he does have the answers though, John. Wow, you really, you really are quite more taken with Cuckoo, aren't you? I'm as taken as, as a character, you actually, you actually like, went can,
2: can, even, even his his uh, his baked potato, uh, <laughs> jacket, <cart>. potato. <laughs> jacket potato
1: jacket <laughs> potato. Which is called "Potatoes of the Revolution," which is a lovely, lovely joke. That was a, Yeah,
0: I, I, I haven't fin- finished my list though. Like the, fa- okay. the father as well is is horrible because he he once had these hopes and dreams and they have all been dashed against the shores in the last twenty years, and uh, and now he just wants to cling to something to to believe in. Like it, but it's, everybody's, still everybody's everybody's a little forward. bit horrible in in this show. It's it's one of the reasons I really like it. It's, sorry, he, he still wants to be involved.
2: He's still moving forward. But he's still like he's still he's still developing. He wants he's, to get he's involved in local like politics. Of the he's,
1: he's definitely the character the show cares about, the even most. though he's too tall. He's yeah. the dad, and yeah, and um, but it's just, I was just saying like, But it is a very English thing, though. The English do like bastards in their shows, and they do like assholes. And this has kind of got a. Quite a bit of that, and I, I think also because I, I watched Moon Boy for the first time around the same time, which uh, yeah. put this into even a greater <laughs> relief because Moon Boy is just so charming and but lovely. I, I think the third episode for him was kind of the added antidote
2: to him being a bastard because he was being assailed in his own home. Where, where he and Cuckoo, well, he accidentally takes an uh, MDM. I was gonna say, this pill. is
1: weird. The third episode has what is, is you know, the horriest. Kind of possible plot you can do in a sitcom, which is that someone accidentally takes drugs and their whole. And you know, so a conservative ho. guy takes drugs and you know pays, but it is actually incredibly it, charming. It, like, it, it actually works. It's and I I was amazed it worked. Going, this really shouldn't be working, but it really is. It's a really great episode.
0: Uh, one last thing that I have to say about it is, is I keep watching it, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like like I say, I, I have this feeling that Cuckoo is, you know, part way through a horrible breakdown. That at some point he's going to come to his senses and leave, and leave this family just completely at a loss as to what to do with a, a mourning
1: daughter. And but this is what I feel about the show. I'm, 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 I don't trust its sense of tone enough. Like, I don't know whether it thinks it's a sort of more realistically grounded thing which that would come out of, or if it's meant to be their slightly more cartooning characters, which they, they, they seem to oscillate between those two poles, and I'm never quite sure what it wants the show to be. I'm fascinated by it. I think all three of us have been
0: captivated in some way.
1: Oh, I think it's a good show. That's interesting. I, I really enjoy going, I don't really want to watch any more of this, but I think it's a really good show, which I was, quite like.
0: And, and I'll, I will I will keep watching it, even though there is this thing that happens with some shows where just before I start watching it, like I'm going through the list of shows that I could be watching, and I go, cuckoo, oh, no. And then when I do watch it, I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it has that kind of feel that that afterwards it leaves me uh, having enjoyed it, but like a week later I'm kind of empty and don't care. Anyway, that's uh, that's Kuku. I'm sure you can find it somewhere if you look really really hard. Uh, probably won't it's be only, on a it's, uh, only a six-parter. It's only a six-parter. Why don't you uh, buy the DVDs from the UK I'll and uh, get them shipped on the over? MC
1: postman
3: i have a letter you read it you're a Save Save. no I'm, I'm just
2: postman the postman the postman the postman the postman brenner you're wonderful you're clever and you're great on box cutters everything about you is terrific but I need to correct you on something and I need to do so using caps lock and no punctuation matter eater lad is not lame he can bite through concrete or Darren Hinch that is not lame that is 100% baller the legion of super pets are amazing they are pets who are also superheroes and if you don't love that then I put it to you that you are soulless Where is your soul, Brenner? The red bee. Okay, you got me there. The red bee sucks.
0: And I'm glad he's dead. Uh Uh-huh. Thank, Thank you. you. That was from, uh, from Patrick. I just uh, want
1: to mention, I, I too was also a bit of a fan of Madderita Lad as a oh. child, and uh, in the Legion of Super Pets, Comet, which was Supergirl's horse, was also her lover. It's so freaking weird. It's worth yeah, Go Yeah, actually, it's on my blog. You can go and find a whole thing about Comet, the, 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 the Supergirl's <laughs> horse on the Outland Institute blog. And um, The other thing, last week, when Brenda was going through that list, and I was shouting, it's Dog Welder! It's not Dog Welder! It's Dog Welder! And then she corrected it. Uh, it was just the fact that I was genuinely shouting at my computer, does <laughs> Does no one know about Dog Welder? <laughs> I was finding myself asking. Lucky, no
2: one. Luckily, John was on the live uh, the live feed and, and <laughs> tweeted to correct us. Dogwelder.
0: And uh, and here's, uh, here's here's a letter we received a couple of weeks ago from overseas land. Hello from Toronto,
2: I'm a new listener having stumbled upon you earlier this year while searching for reviews of the excellent Girls by Lena Dunham. That was a high bar introduction to the show and even though not all episodes are as wonderful, my first let's be honest here I am thoroughly enamored with the show I've been going through the history backwards and it's highly entertaining hearing all the emotions, good, bad or contempt, for the shows you've just profiled and then listening to the preceding episodes Contrasting Enthusiasm is great fun Fave episode so far, 231, Danny Blay from Nerd to Violence, and everything with Courtney Hawking. Thank you to John Richards for harping on about the Almighty Johnsons, to the point where I caved and watched it, and now am heartbroken that there is no Season 3 in sight. On second thought, John...
1: No, good news, there is a Season 3. New Zealand On Air announced uh, earlier in the month, or in fact actually I think earlier last month, that they will be funding a Season 3 of Almighty Johnsons you 're welcome ah oh,
2: that 's great since i 've enjoyed your show so much i 'm wondering what some of your favorite podcasts are. There is such a load of crap out there looking for the cliff 's notes to a few gems. In Trade here is a gorgeous episode of CBC's Writers and Company with Dermot Healy. Understanding, you're not always into the slow build shows, you can all bite me read the killing. Give it all the way through, you'll be delighted. Many thanks for lightening up my workdays via headphones and widening my viewing eyes. Cheers, Lisa, PS, Josh. You so cannot see the people's souls. Get over
0: it. Uh, we'll put a, a link to to that podcast on uh, on on the
1: blog podcast. Though, can you rec- recommend podcast for Lisa?
0: I'm really enjoying a, a couple at the moment. A, an Australian one, uh, which is kind of boizy, but uh, tickles my fancy. Uh, Declan Fay and Nick Maxwell with the sweetest plum is, I think, really funny. Professor Blastoff uh, with uh, Tignaro and uh, and a couple of other comedians. Uh, is sensational every week just laugh out loud funny uh and uh that's uh that, that's pretty much it that's that's not I'm, I'm trying to pick ones that aren't radio shows yeah, as well Well,
1: there's the really obvious stuff like radio lab is excellent uh, the moth which is a storytelling mm-hmm. uh, podcast is also extremely good um i would probably throw in uh, writer and the critic by Friends of Box Cutters. Yes, uh, yes. By Monday Kirsten, which I think is a, it's a really good book review show, if you're interested in that. Um, I quite like um, Galactic Suburbia, which is, if you want a science fiction discussion with a feminist uh, sort of aspect. It's a and very, who doesn't? Very good show. And who doesn't? And also, I really like the fact that, that show is actually done from Perth, uh, Hobart and... Melbourne all at the same time, like the three hosts are in three completely different places in the country, which I really like. I really love that idea of, of they're all sort of communicating through this form to you. Which is excellent. I also listen to a hell of a lot of BBC radio on their iPlayer, which is streamable anywhere in the world, um, but in particular the News Quiz, which I mentioned earlier, which when it's on air is usually also available as a podcast, and it's very funny.
0: Oh, and, uh, and for film reviews, uh, I've listened to a number of film review podcasts. I really, and this is again, you know, sure, it could just be because he's our friend, but Lee hell is, hell is for Hyphenates. Uh, sure, there are other people. I don't know them.
1: Yeah, on yeah. the show. But yeah, really. I'm just going to list shows I've been on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, oh, you've been on Hell's Halfpence. have been on Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's a really good it's a really good film show because it's, it's people who love film just talking about reasons that they love film. Mm. So I enjoyed that, Brett? Uh, for a local one that's
2: uh, not blokey, you're welcome with Mel Butler and Patience Hodgson.
0: Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's I'm that's quite from, Brisbane.
2: That. from Brisbane. From uh, Brisbane, we've got answer me. This is which is from the UK uh, by uh, Helen and Ollie Helen Zoltzman, who's the brother of sister, sister. Of <laughs> Andy Zaltzman Andy Zaltzman who's on The Bugle which needs which I also uh, recommend Doug Loves Movies and uh, You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes
1: oh. that's an excellent list of
2: stuff
0: yeah well done so up. Yeah, well on you list. these are the
2: ones I'm listening to a lot oh uh, uh, Wiretap
0: check out Wiretap it's awesome. oh from, uh, from CBC yeah. although I, that is a radio show if, but if, if you're living in Toronto you're probably familiar with Wiretap hopefully I, I should hope so it's on CBC you can, uh, you can catch it and uh, Sirius Satellite uh, one thirty-seven. Yes. Uh, the uh, oh, see, and then I just, I just keep, keep thinking of uh, more. Ninety-nine percent invisible. I, I really like uh, f- a few design podcasts that, that I like.
2: This is that, which is also a Canadian one, CBC one. Hmm. So there's, uh, there's, there's a
1: lot that you can, uh, that you can pick up. If you listen to one thing, that's actually thirty-eight things. That's the one.
0: If you want to uh, send a letter to Box Cutters, you can. Email us hooray at boxcutters.net or use the contact us link on the blog. Or, uh, Canary pigeon? Uh, Josh has got a rooftop, They'll, uh, he'll accept them. <laughs> or leave a comment on the blog, or as Patrick did, did this week, uh, just leave a comment on Brenna's Facebook page. <laughs> John, if you're going to watch one thing this week, what would it be?
1: I this is talk about news again. I watched Al Jazeera news today at three thirty p.m. and my mind was blown by how good it was. I had no idea that thing is so good. And do you know there are other countries in the world, and some of them are in Africa, and news happens there? I had no idea! Doesn't SBS do that? They, they kind of, they, they'll do, like, broad stuff about, kind of, the African region. You know, but this actually seeing specific stories about places in Africa and stuff that was happening, and it's so well-researched. Mostly
2: Northern Africa?
1: It's so pacey. It was just, I don't know, it was such a, and because I watched the German one afterwards, that's so boring, and I went, no, no, you're even better than I thought you were, Al Jazeera. Dr. So, Vela? Yeah, yeah, not good. So, three thirty PM weekdays on SBS Al Jazeera
2: News. Wow, Brett, uh, what should have been mine last week, Moon Boy.
0: Yeah, so, hang on. Continue on. This is your it, third it, thing it's, it's now really from good. last week.
2: If you missed it uh, <laughs> last week, it'll be it's on our view. Yeah, um, it's great. It is, it's so yeah,
0: good. It yeah. is really it is really entertaining. Uh, mine is uh, is also ABC One uh, Wednesday night. Uh, a Moody Christmas. I've been meaning to talk about this for, for weeks. It's it's really good. I really love it. And it's I've,
2: looking like uh, the US is
0: going to buy it. Yeah, it's, it's possible. This is such a charming Australian comedy, uh, A Moody Christmas. Uh, get your hands on it. If you're not in, in Australia, just try as as much as you can. Is it all around the one Christmas or does it go from Christmas no, to Christmas? No, it's six Christmases. It's across it's, six yeah, Christmases. It's, it's separate Christmases. i the first episode. Uh, and so uh, the... Uh, the, the, the Lead character, lives in London and comes home uh, every year and, uh, and it's him and his family. Just, it, it's a great understanding of Australian suburbia, I think, just perfectly portrayed. That's uh, one thing. Done.
2: Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Talk is on
0: the table. John Richards, you've uh, you, you've covered off on on a lot of the U.S. election uh, as far as looking at things on the internet goes.
1: Yeah, but what about television? Yeah, yeah. I I, I get obsessed with U.S. elections. I love them and I, I just read so much crazy right-wing Do you understand stuff it properly afterwards. now? No, no, I still think it's nuts. I said it still makes no sense. Why would you ever have to wait six hours to vote? And, and there's not even like a sausage sizzle going on, which just makes no sense. Yeah, the lack of sausage sizzle, I think, is the... That's thing. where the democracy has fallen yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. But I also, so. uh, churches seem to be a big
2: mainstay of where they have their polling places. Well, at mm-hmm. least yeah, they're, same same they're not it? open. We, not, yeah, yeah, we, do, we do No, churches. not
0: actually in churches.
2: Yeah. We oh, do okay. schools.
1: No, we I've, do church halls. We definitely do yeah. Yeah. halls.
0: I've voted in churches yeah, yeah. I've, I've never voted for churches but you you're always going to vote a little bit better if you've got a, a warm belly full of sausage and a little do. bit of
1: sauce on your mouth and you've maybe bought a cake that's to take what home for after. nice yeah so look just a few things i thought we should uh, there was no uh, from what i saw no particular craziness this year there wasn't any holograms or any attempt to do kind of the you know, some of the wacky stuff we've seen before Will I? Do you remember Will I Am coming in, yeah, in a hologram? That was, that was weird. Um, I wanted to mention just very quickly one thing I thought was interesting was the day after the election that uh, Matt Dowd, who was the strategist for the Bush 2004 presidential campaign, he's actually now a um, a political commentator for ABC Good Morning America. And he was on Good Morning America. And this is an interesting quote, I thought, for the way he wanted to explain this to the, to the people listening. This is a changing America, which makes it a changing electorate. And I think that's the thing that President Obama was able to tap into. I mean, a lot of them are single women, younger voters, but especially the lower number of white voters. And that's what really Mitt Romney couldn't overcome on election day. What's happened with the Republicans is that they are, the Republican Party, is a madmen party in a modern family America. And it just doesn't fit anymore.
0: That's the best television analogy ever.
1: Isn't that brilliant? Yeah. And you kind of went, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I get what you mean. That's really clever, Matt Dowd. So, yeah, it was kind of interesting to hear that from Matt Dowd. Um, I, I also have my favourite part of that of the, is Fox News. But before I get to this, let's, let's just, because you wanted to ask, though, Mr. Cropley, about, you know, the big question a lot of people were asking, <laughs> was Diane Sawyer drunk? It, it has been put out there. It has. Yeah, uh, he, he's a... a a taste
3: okay i want to have a uh, can we have our music <laughs> because this is another big one here minnesota we're ready to project minnesota right now and again another state the romney campaign had raised a question whether it was in play well tonight we know that president barack obama has won minnesota
1: so many questions have been asked about was diane sawyer uh, what, what what channel is she on over there
2: uh, that was the ABC uh, election coverage
1: there. And uh, they might be giants, I like tweeted. Tonight's winner is Chardonnay <laughs> in, in tribute to Diane Sawyer. <laughs> um, has any official response come out from that? Uh,
2: according to uh, 9MSN, veteran ABC news anchor Diane Sawyer has denied she was drunk during a live electric night broadcast after, after video of her slur- slurring during her dr- uh, coverage. Prompted a flood of rumours on Twitter. I'm not drunk either. Um,
1: was there any explanation though? Like, there? Like she was on Vertigo tablets or anything like
2: that? <laughs> a, a representative of Sawyer spoke out in her defence saying she was not drunk
0: or on drugs and was instead just exhausted. She'd been up for days. She was just well, unprofessional. Well, here's the thing. Slurring can happen if you're tired. It can happen yeah. if, if you're drunk. It can happen if you have the early signs of multiple sclerosis. Yeah. It can happen if you have a stroke. Like that that other reporter, remember her? Yeah. That's, that's what I was wondering. The, the yeah. one who, who had a mini stroke. Uh, but, you know, uh, heart and thirst needs a big cold beer.
1: <laughs> so, and the other piece I wanted to play to you, and I have brought this in, uh, Fox News. Yeah, I mean, they're fun, aren't they? are fun are not they are they fun? they so much fun. Um, that was like like that herpes documentary. They said, what if we took the news and had it presented by puppets? So, Fox <laughs> News had Carl Rove um, on, already, funny, um, uh, Megyn Kelly, and, of course, Republicans did quite badly. There was a lovely bit where Karl Rove was trying to claim that, in fact, things were going well, and Megan Kelly said,
3: Is this just math that you do as a Republican to make yourself feel better, or is this real?
1: And when Fox is saying that to you, you know things are going badly. But it got to the point where Fox, like everyone else, called the election for Obama. he's won Ohio, he's won, he's won the election. Yeah, There's no way back from this now. Karl Rove started to argue that that was not right to the degree where Megyn Kelly agreed to go and talk to their own pundits within their building to see if they would change their mind that Barack Obama had actually won this election.
3: Megyn right. is going to go to the decision desk and interview them about the decision on Ohio. Try to get to the bottom of this. It's right out the, out the door. They used to keep him right here with us in the studio, and then for some reason... Whoa, careful! Then for some reason, they moved him down the hall. We were too close we were thinking this wouldn't be necessary but mm, as it turns out so you can see this is uh this is sort of all the folks behind the scenes who have been watching the program from back here hi guys arthur idala decided to join they're way down the hall so we'll do a little interrogation and see if they stand by their call notwithstanding the the doubts that carl rove has attempted to place keep coming here we go Now, when we practiced this before, we... Oh, there's the beautiful Jenna Lee. Uh, When we practiced this before in our rehearsals, we lost all audio in our ears right about here. That's happening again, but... Can you hear me, Megan? In any event, we'll try to get to the bottom of it. Now, here are the guys. This is the decision desk. Now we're in the heart of the decision desk room. Arnon? Yes. You head this place up. Chris Direwalt, you've been doing all the number crunching. These guys behind you. You tell me whether you stand by your call on Ohio given the doubts Karl Rove just raised.
0: We're actually quite comfortable with the call in Ohio. Basically right now there's just be- too much Obama vote that's outstanding there that we know is going to come in, uh,
3: that uh, uh, is going to be Obama. And while yes, there are a number of counties out there that will be Romney, uh, the, the largest thing that's outstanding right now is the Cleveland area, it's Cuyahoga. This
2: is Democratic territory and we're quite comfortable with the idea that Obama has ca- uh, will carry
1: Ohio.
3: What do you make of it, Chris? There just aren't enough Republican votes left.
1: What I really like too is uh, towards the end of that piece. I mean, I think it's a great piece. I found that quite riveting television. Where you've got, but this they, they they rehearsed it. No, no, wait. no. But they did. They 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 thought they might
0: need to go down the corridor to it's get like, more information, just in and case
2: Karl Rove goes, goes batshit nutty. And, so they've and
0: obviously the, they've obviously lit the corridor. You can see you can see the, the lighting in the corridor. It's it's
1: exceptionally well lit. Like they've done a lot of work. But you can still see the camera guys are still panicking a bit. There's definitely this is definitely not. You know, I think this may have been a possible, but I don't think anyone was thinking this was a probable. And everyone's freaking out a little bit about trying to get those cameras down these very here's, long corridors. Here's
0: the other thing that that I don't understand about that: you, you can obviously have cameras in that room and have uh, audio a remote in the same building. Oh yeah, but they were so, so. Why why couldn't yeah Why couldn't you just do an an intra building remote?
1: interview well, I think like she was saying they moved the guys they weren't planning to do this this wasn't going to be but they rehearsed
2: minutes. walking down the corridor they
1: rehearsed it once probably to see if it would work if they need to whereas well, this is clearly why not
2: bring their head guys up well, to
1: the well that's what studio. she was saying why not but it is it is hilarious television when they, they are now questioning their own media reporting. They're interviewing their own people about whether they're reporting because Karl Rover's unhappy. We did mention it's a split screen towards the end there. Well, while two guys are going, no, seriously, dude, he's winning. On the other side, it's lots of, like, hundreds of thousands of Democratic supporters waving flags and cheering because their guys won. And yet Fox is busy arguing with itself over whether or not...
2: That was a person a doctor decides. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I think it is. I, I think it is. It, it is fascinating in in some ways, and in other ways. It just kind of seems like, well, maybe this is what's going to get Karl Rove to shut the hell up. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe we've got nothing else to talk about because the rest of our script runs about what a
1: great Romney America was going to be like, yeah. and we can't talk about that now. Karl, so Caro does go on for about another fifteen minutes about how it's just important for news places not to call elections too early and to wait for the count to be done properly, with no irony. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's astonishing stuff. At least he uh, didn't get on the Donald Trump
2: uh, cart. Yeah, after the... yeah.
1: Donald did go mental on the Twitter oh. shortly after this and then kept deleting them. And just to finish off uh, this whole TV thing, there was one other tweet I really liked, which was where someone said, wow, this will make such a nail-biting episode of the newsroom in 18 months'
3: time. <laughs>
2: I, I did uh, during our review try to put out a uh, an apology to hippies and and how uh, how the uh, the stereotype might go with them. Also, uh, John, I, I believe uh, insulted the entirety of the California state... <laughs>
1: I just used Californian as a pejorative. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's. that's, And and I will be there in two weeks. So, uh, hello to everyone in California. (laughs) I'll be with you in two weeks. Thank you for not electing President Romney. I'm very pleased you didn't do that. Um, Yes, I'll be at BentCon in uh, in Los Angeles. If you are uh, near the beautiful Marriott in downtown Burbank, near the Bob Hope Airport. Not making this step up. Um, I'll be at BentCon on the weekend of uh, 1st and 2nd of December. Or whatever
0: it is. Which is just a, a convention that celebrates girders and how
1: easy it is for robots to bend them. To bend them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's the Gay Comic Con. Or, more accurately, the gay Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the costumes
0: still exist. Just a little bit more
1: fat. Yeah, just a little bit more fat.
0: That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 324. I want to say thanks to everybody who made it possible. Which is everybody. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box
2: Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time. Same bad channel. Yeah, and
0: hey... Let's be careful out there. Box Cutters is produced by Josh Kanal with Brett Cropley and John Richards and help from Courtney Hocking and Dave Lawson. John Richards edited this episode. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant is the man behind making sure you can actually download stuff. He's good that way. We'd like to thank 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world, for letting us use their studios to record this podcast. Find them on the web at RRR. Dot org.au or 102.7fM if you listen to radio the old-fashioned way. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can show your appreciation by leaving a positive review on iTunes or maybe just telling some friends what they're missing out on. You can also donate actual cash money to us by using the donate button at the top of our website. Donating helps keep the show alive and makes us smile. Our website is boxcutters.net and you can find all sorts of ways to contact us there. Paul is a is, is a baseball fan. I found out recently, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, barracks for the Melbourne Aces, as do I, as pretty much does everybody who lives in Melbourne because we only have one team. <laughs>
1: It does make the game's a bit dull.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yay. We everyone, everyone's like there's no fights in the stadium because everyone there is supporting. Well there's the
1: only stadium. one team. There's no one on the other side. They just that's <laughs> what I mean. The ball just falls to the ground and everyone stares at it for a bit. <laughs> and then they all look a bit embarrassed and sheepish. Then they change sides. And someone just stands there with a bat waiting for something to happen. Nothing does. Gets dark. People quietly go home. That's Melbourne baseball. That's a big (laughs)
0: seventh-inning stretch. Hot dogs are eaten.
1: But only with tears. They'd be organic, though, because it's Melbourne.
3: (laughs) Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Gutters.